Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Have you ever bought grief groceries? Have you ever heard of grief groceries? I hadn't. I've brought grief groceries now that I'm aware that this is a thing. I've also brought groceries to people who were just new in town and needed a head start and getting their pantry filled. Someone who I knew was down on their luck and needed help buying food. Someone who's just had a baby. Bringing meals to people is the way that we, in this culture, encourage one another, show our grief, show our support, show our love, give our condolences, etc. But then, have you ever been on the receiving side of these groceries? There can be so much food, and it's just overwhelming at a time in your life where you can't sometimes get out of bed or put two feet together to walk to the fridge to look for something to eat. A lot of times, eating doesn't really happen in the beginning. This meme that I saw on a certain social media page had this little, I don't know what you want to call it. It looked like a Dear Jane, but in this case, it was Dear Hugh. And this was the woman's question and then his reply. But the title was Grief Groceries. Not that we have to label everything. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't ever say, I'd like to bring you grief groceries. But what I would say is, I'd like to help you. How can I help you? So the woman who posed the question to the blogger described a situation where her friend had just lost her father and she wanted to support this person and she didn't know how to do that. So she asked the gentleman and the gentleman who is this blogger, his name is Hugh Hollowell Jr. I'll post his link in the notes so that you can go check it out. But he was talking about how hard it is when we're grieving And I'm going to quote this now. He says, I get it. Grief is a funny thing. It's the time in our life when we most need help. And also the time when asking for help is so hard. Not because we're ashamed to ask for help, although that happens sometimes too, but mostly because our brain just sort of shuts down. He continues, When my dad died, I looked functional but I wasn't okay. Not at all. And when the news got out, the tons of people flooding me with calls, texts, DMs was overwhelming. I really couldn't function. I sat on the swing in our yard and I just stared into space. People called and asked what they could do to help. I had no idea. So then he goes on to describe the standard. So there's the wake. Everyone goes to the funeral. Then they will maybe come to your home for the wake to support the family, to talk about the person who's died. And what is there? Tables and tables and tables of food and sometimes alcohol, you know, but lots of coffee, water, etc. And people walk around, they talk to each other, they reminisce, We meet new friends and wonder how they were connected to our loved one, or they might come and ask us how we were connected to theirs. And then we all go home. Not that necessarily we forget about the funeral, but we get on with our lives. But what about the person who's suffering the loss? What about the family 
that's suffering the loss. In the beginning, as this man said, texts, phone calls, direct messages, emails, uh, social media posts, hey, how can I help you? What can I do? Give me a call if there's anything you need. Funeral happens, wake happens, all the relatives who flew in for the funeral have gone back to their home. And like this gentleman described, sitting in a swing, staring off into space. What do we do now? I don't even know how I'm going to get along. How am I going to move forward? And people are asking me if I need anything. They want me to make this phone call describing what I need. As this man said, he didn't know what he needed. I myself have been there on both sides, actually. People saying, let me know if I can help you. Let me know what you need. Let me know. Let me know. Call me. Tell me. I had no idea. All I knew, and I'm going to go back to my mom's death, the first one that I had truly been so closely involved with in all the planning and everything else. I didn't know what I needed. All I knew was my mom's gone. My dad's over here. Relatives are calling me. And I'm having to console them. My dad is understanding. And he's a presence without really offering any help. But it was a good presence. My other family members came in. And then the pressure of, we've got to have the service. we got to do this. we got to do that. Let's get this going. Because they needed to go back to their homes. Okay, well, let's do that. They're all gone. I'm here. I have my kids who still need to be taken to and from school, a husband who's in and out uh, because of his military job. I have my own career, my own business, so I've just got to keep going. What else is there? It never occurred to me that I could ask for help until they started offering it. But then after the offers came in, I couldn't even begin to think of what I needed. So the way that this story goes is this blogger mentioned a friend of his who sent him a text and it was somebody who lives 12 hours away and someone that they don't communicate with on a regular basis. But this person did text and the text message said, are you going to be around about 8.30 p.m. tonight? Yes, I am. All right, just answer the door. Make sure you do. Instacart will be there. All you have to do is answer the door to Instacart. They're going to be making a delivery for you. And bags and bags of food were delivered. There was another well-meaning friend or relative. I don't remember the story or the response word for word. But this other person sent a message and said, I've just sent you a $250 gift card to your favorite restaurant. He was so happy about that because what he realized was as wonderful as that delivery of groceries was. Groceries can be perishable. Groceries need to be turned into some sort of meal. And I've already got a fridge full of food from the wake that I can't possibly consume before it finds its way to the trash. A gift card, on the other hand, could be used $25 at a time at their favorite place to eat. And I wonder... Did that person who sent the gift card have that done for them? Was there some great Google search they were able to do to figure that out? Were they just brilliant people? Either way, the point here is, and Mr. Hollowell said the same, 
The fewer decisions a grieving person has to make, the better. Because sometimes, even what color of shoes are you going to wear to the wake is too much. But the decision here was, read the text, answer the door at 8.30. Done. Next message. Read the text, and then wait for the gift card to come. And it was probably digital, so they just had to open their email. Very simple decisions. And so Mr. Hollowell really talks about the importance of us showing up for people who are suffering. And we know that people who know we're suffering want to also show up. What he's teaching here is to do it in a way that doesn't create too much decision for the person who's grieving. So I've said I've been on both sides. And I spoke recently about my friend who had fallen off a horse. The first thing I did was, what can I do? How can I help? I couldn't lift the hay, unfortunately, that they needed moved. So I just kept checking in. I'm here. I'm at the store. What can I get? I'm here. I'm making food. Can I bring it? The answer was no at first. And then when I saw her, she said, there is so much help coming my way right now. I really need to save you for the time when everybody's done and wiped out. You'll still be fresh and able to help me. That was the best answer because it was honest. She stated that she may not have need right now, but she will in the future. So there was preparation and she wasn't making platitudes to keep from offending my offer. It was really just the truth. I know I'm going to need you later. Will you still be around? And of course my answer would be yes. When my mom and my dad died, and remember it was within five months of each other, My mom's church came in and surrounded us with, we'll make the plan, what day do you need, and don't worry about anything else. And it was there, and the food was there, it was all handmade, it was wonderful, just a terrific setting. My brother and sister had flown in from out of state, so we had the funeral the night before they had to leave town, and, you know, they didn't have to think about or worry or plan. So it was just really, really helpful. And when my dad died, his wife took care of that. Now, she was deeply grieving, but they had talked about some things ahead of time that they knew that he would want for a service. So that was helpful. So they had a faith community who could step up and provide a space. And then there was food brought in. I don't even remember what the food was, to be honest with you. I don't remember who I talked to except for maybe one or two people. At my uncle's funeral, on the other hand, he died kind of suddenly of an illness that none of us expected. My mother had died, I think, two weeks after him. So, you know, we're in the midst of watching my mother prepare to die. My dad, you know, kind of had been dying for a year and was just still hanging on. But we were able to go to my uncle's house, my dad as well. So it was his brother. And I brought the kids and my husband and we went to the house and we had a wonderful time. There was so much laughter. There was tequila. I'm not going to lie, but there was a lot of laughter, reminiscing and really great bonding time. There were tortillas and beans and meat, chips, beer, all just laid out. How it got there, I could not tell you, but it was such a really good bonding time. 
The only decision I had to make was how to get there and bring my family. How did his wife do all of that? I have no idea. It didn't even occur to me what she may have been going through in planning. And maybe she didn't. Maybe this family just knew to bring it all. I honestly was in no frame of mind to even consider it then. And now I'm kind of embarrassed as I look back. I don't know. I know I brought soda to my other uncle's wake. And there was another funeral I had been to. This was a really rough year. Uh, I think I think I lost two uncles, my mom, my dad, uh, an aunt, and then her husband, and then some cousins, like in the span of six to eight months. It was a numb time for me. It's amazing, really, that I can remember half of what I'm telling you now. But anyway, getting back to this idea of grief groceries, there is a website that kind of gives an idea of maybe some things to give for someone who's grieving. Non-perishables like canned goods or crackers, etc., etc. There's a book that I found when I was trying to track this uh, author down, this Hugh Hollowell. And of course, you know, Amazon being Amazon uh, popped right up first thing. This book is called Homemade, a story of grief, groceries, showing up, and what we make when we make dinner. The author's name is Liz Hawk, H-A-U-C-K. So I've been a griever receiving. I've been someone giving to someone in grief. But, you know, I have to say, again, in our culture, being a culture of celebrating with food, happy, sad, whatever, football game, food all the time. And and that's good because we need to eat. And sometimes when we're in deep emotion, whether elation or depth of sorrow, we may forget to eat. We may forget to shop. So having those loving people around us who can do that is a really big help. But what about mowing the lawn? What if the person that you know and love has lost someone they know and love And they're so lost in their grief and how to move forward that the grass is really long. Do you say, hey, I want to come over and mow your lawn? Or do you just show up and do it? Because if you called me and asked me that, I would say no. Not because I don't need it, but because it's hard to accept help. Someone offered to plow our driveway this winter. And it was 20 minutes of, no, you can't. Yes, I want to. No, no, no because we have a steep driveway and I couldn't do that to someone. I know it's difficult and I wouldn't want someone to go through that sacrifice. But that person so kindly insisted and we worked out something that made me feel comfortable and got my driveway shoveled. I was very, very grateful. I think what stuck out to me though was this idea of a favor had been done for me, a service that there was nothing I could do to repay. I was sick as a dog and my husband was in the bed next to me. And I think by that time, my daughter had already also been sick and we were in no position to shovel anything. But he knew that in case we needed to go to the doctor, we needed that driveway shoveled. So he just came and did it. That's something I could never repay. But there was so much gratitude and so much appreciation for that gesture and, and I've had others 
and I'm sure you all have as well, and I've brought plenty of meals and done service for people. New mom, I want to babysit the baby so that they can go take care of business somewhere or have a date. Absolutely. I want to do laundry. I'll go do laundry. Whatever it takes to just be that little help. But sometimes the person who needs it doesn't really even know what they need. So if we can just kind of maybe brainstorm ourselves before we make that phone call or send that text message, we can say, I'm coming over at four o'clock. I'm going to bring a basket of groceries or I'm coming over at four o'clock. I'll be mowing your lawn or I've sent a group of teenagers over. They're going to plow your driveway. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thank you. There's no way I can repay you, but I am so grateful. That's a show of love. Having said all that, so is the rotting food after the wake that you've got stuffed in your fridge that you can't possibly ever eat. They're all measures of love. And I'm not saying any way is right or wrong. I'm just saying grief groceries hit me and it just sounded like such a neat idea And the guy's response about how we can do it in a statement format as opposed to what can I do, just to say, I'm doing this. And I could go into the maybe why that wouldn't be the best idea or all these other things, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to leave you with grief groceries and a shoveled driveway. You can figure out the rest. I know you can. Thanks for being here today. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. You can go to my website for more articles, little news pieces, or a transcript of this podcast. The website is whilewe'restillhere.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can send me an email too. Thanks again. And until next time, take care.